Welcome to Savage Minds. I'm your host, Julian Vigo. Today's guest is Kit Clarenberg, an investigative journalist and editor-in-chief of The Grey Zone UK, exploring the role of intelligence services in shaping politics and perceptions globally. His work has previously appeared in The Cradle, Declassified UK, and Mint Press News. I welcome Kit Clarenberg to Savage Minds. I've been wanting to have you on, independent of what has just happened to you in May, because of your work on counterterrorism. While I was in London, I did a lot of work on Theresa May and a lot of the pressure that was put upon companies like Apple to do backdoor invasions of mobile phones for yes. their cases. I became very intrigued by this techno MI6 crossover that somehow was slowly being chipped away. And eventually, as we know now, Apple sort of caved in in certain ways and Google caved in where it hadn't for years. And then I read about what happened to you, where you were detained by UK counterterrorism police at Lutton Airport on 17 May, when you arrived from Belgrade, where you live, and you were interrogated. They took your bank cards, electronic devices, SD cards. You were fingerprinted. DNA was taken from you. All this ostensibly under Schedule 3 to the Counterterrorism and Border Security Act of 2019. Can you tell our listeners about this? Because one thing we do on this show, Kit, is constantly underscore the importance of independent journalism. That, in fact, now we see what happens, not just Snowden, uh, who's a whistleblower, or not just Assange, who's rotting in a prison. But the fact is that there is a kind of war taking place against independent journalists, and you just lived through it. Could you describe what happened? Yeah, sure. So, um, as you mentioned, I live in Belgrade, and I um, I, it's I'm very rarely back in the UK. But I return, I, I returned after you know more than a year uh, to visit a, a desperately ill relative. Um, and then when the plane uh, touched down, and bearing in mind, I've been kind of half expecting uh to be stopped um for, for you know for a while um just because such is the way of these things um I uh yeah but when when we touched down, the pilot said over the tannoy. Um, oh, yes. Uh, can everyone have your passports ready? Because um, the, the, the uh, border control is just around the corner. Now, in my kind of willful optimism, I thought, well, maybe the, the maybe Luton, which is one of the worst airports in the world, has been restructured um, since I was last there. But, you know, no such luck um, on the, the effectively on the tarmac as I descended from the from the uh, the, 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 the plane stairs. It, uh, I saw a, a, you know, a team of six plainclothes officers who were you know, very scrupulously checking everyone's passports. They read my name on mine and they immediately said, right, you need to come with us. You're being detained. And uh, yes, um, uh, Schedule 3 of the 2019 uh, Counterterrorism Act. Now, um, I mean, this was a rather stultifying whirlwind. Um, I, you know, I, I could barely get my bearings. I, I, you know, I was taken to... This back room um, that you know, obviously, you know, that you typically don't see in in Luton Airport. Um, you know, I had my shoes removed. Uh, I was, you know, very, you know, very invasively, you know, patted down. My pockets were empty. Um, I had to hand over my devices, uh, and I had to give my my passcodes to them on um, on threat of arrest. Uh, and then, yes, as you say, I was, you know, fingerprinted, DNA swabbed, and subject to a, f- a five hour. Uh, detention. Well, well, yeah. Meanwhile, my you know my bank cards, and I was asked a large number of questions about my finances and um, you know how I'm paid by the Grey Zone, which is my kind of principal um, uh, employer, so to speak. 
and um, it, and yes, that you know where Grayzone gets its funding from, and you know how the editorial process works. You know, do, yeah, um, uh, and I mean, and this led on to you know, I mean, it's just like I mean, it was, oh, there, there were some questions where I, just, I, mean, I, I, I was I was trying not to laugh, but there was nothing funny about it. I mean, like you know, when you were all straight up by a name nameless, I might add, but I, I couldn't learn their names. I, I only learned their passcode. And at one point, so, so it was like A1 and C37. And then at one point, um, one of the officers forgot the other's call sign and, and asked, you know, yeah, are you, are you B21 or D, D7? And like, you know, it just, it, it, it was farcical. But then yes, when you were asked straight up, you know, in a windowless, airless room where, where all of your property is in, you know, is out of sight, Christ knows what they were doing with it, that, you know, you know does the gray zone have a formal agreement with the Russian Federal Security Service to publish hacked information? Um, yeah, on the one hand, it's funny. And then on the other, it is desperately not funny at all. No, 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 it's terrifying so, because yeah. you're aware what, that you're being set up into. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, the, 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 and I think as well that, you know, I, 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 as I say, because it was quite a, a shock, um, you know, all, all of this happening, I wasn't really processing it. And then, you know, you kind of, after you, you after you get out, you're just like, well why, well, why did they ask me about whether I own foreign property? Why did they want to know whether my energy bills in Belgrade are included in my rent? You know, all of this just crazy, just crazy questions, very invasive questions, which you would think are literally nobody's business um, under any circumstances. And then, yes, I faced the threat of arrest for not answering them. Now, I, I, I mean, this is this is something to, to expand on in course. I think that the 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 detail of the powers and and um, uh, Jacobin had a great article focusing on on my um, my stop and harassment by by British authorities and and, and uh, a number of other kind of comparable cases. There was that French publisher who was stopped in the UK and then he got a, he got he was arrested and held for forty eight hours in, in in police custody because he refused to hand over his uh, passcodes uh, to his electronic devices. Um, that yes, that the, the this on under Schedule Three. This deals with state threats, so perceived threats to the UK. Now, this can be any sort of threat and threatening any part of the UK. So it's already incredibly broad. Uh, but it, not only that, it, it, it states that, uh, that an individual can pose a state threat on behalf of a hostile foreign power without them intending to or the foreign power whose interest they're serving knowing. So that I mean, that is, it, it, you know, it's quite some conspiracy when the two conspirators don't know they're conspiring. And I think that, that this has, I mean, it's Orwellian on its own face, but it has all sorts of, in the current um, you know, milieu, as it were, it, it, this has all sorts of terrifying implications. So it, since the war in Ukraine began, um, Britain has effectively been off leash in terms of its policing of um, of uh, speech on and offline, and I mean it. You know, very very publicly shut down uh, Russia Today, which had quite a big um, uh, British um, uh, uh, operation. Now, I mean, you, you, such as your political persuasion, you might not shed any tears over you know all these people you know, being out being out of work. Fine, but they also uh, passed laws to impose an eight, up to eight years in prison an asset seizure for serving russian propaganda narratives now this is very broad and your listeners may already be well aware that um britain takes the lead on counter disinformation globally and it informs the policies of other of other governments and it pressures other governments to adopt similar um uh, legislation and regulation 
And Russian disinformation or propaganda is whatever they want it to be. And so, I mean, I have some documents related to an anti-fake news um, program run by the Foreign Office in Central and Eastern Europe. It contains a number of absolutely horrifying passages, one of which states um, the problem with effectively countering Russian disinformation is that it's often factually true. Um, and then another, which gives examples of Russian propaganda narrative, uh, it includes things like, well, the 2014 Maidan revolution was a Western-backed coup. The Iraq war was an illegal war of aggression. Um, NSA and GCHQ spying is an illegal, egregious infringement on individual privacy. Now, all of these um, uh, alleged propaganda narratives are either completely factual and inarguable, or they are, at the very least, perfectly legitimate, arguable opinion. Now, when you're getting into the realm of claiming that you know such and such fact or such and such uh, yes, like narrative or you know, perspective is Russian disinformation, and you are criminalizing alleged Russian disinformation, I think that the the wording of of the of the act under which I was stopped becomes highly relevant to consider because I don't think that we are very far away um, from the government saying, well, this person said online, you know, for instance, I oppose the war. Now, this is a Russia, even though they didn't know it, this was a Russian propaganda narrative, and therefore they're going to be penalized for it. And I think that they are, in um, at the start of last year, there's a, a rather controversial British uh, video blogger called Graham Phillips, who um, is a rather eccentric character. And I mean, I couldn't disagree with him more politically. Yet he traveled to uh, Donbass at the start of the war and embedded with the um, the, the Donetsk, Luhansk, um, the People's Republics, you know, the kind of the, the separatist fighters. And he did things which, I mean, I thought were quite unconscionable, like he interviewed uh, Ukrainian prisoners of war on camera. Now, I mean, that's getting into the realm of breaching the Geneva Convention. It's not something that I would ever do personally. But the British government responded by seizing all of his assets, his bank accounts and his home. And not only did they do so unilaterally without without him going on trial or without you know there being a, a vote in Parliament, they did so despite their own internal legal advice saying that this would be illegal, that they had no legal basis for doing this. And you know, apart from I think Peter Hitchens, who is a you know, conservative economist in the Mail on Sunday, there has been not a single uh, 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 shred of criticism about this or even an acknowledgement that it happened in the western media now of course they are the, the, the british authorities are absolutely delighted that this was ignored and um, probably expected it to be and this is obviously going to embolden them to do more and i think yes particularly under the aegis of uh, you know the ever so frightening dastardly global scourge of russian disinformation i mean bearing in mind that you know rt and sputnik is banned all over europe like you can't even access it and there are you know i i was in germany recently um catching up with um some some, some friends and relatives and they they uh the, the um on when i when i logged into twitter i found that you know several people who i i i follow who but could by no means be considered to be putin uh, apologists let alone kind of pro-war um you know uh, uh useful idiots had their accounts restricted like i couldn't see them you know, so it's like, you know, already this is a non-existent problem, but it is being used to crack down on all sorts of legitimate 
um, speech and perspectives. I mean, similar to you know the uh, the the, uh, the the bogeyman of terrorism for so long. Um, it, it, yeah, and I think that we are we're, we're nowhere near the end of this. Well, it's daunting because one thing that has constantly disturbed me is the silence on the part of the Guardian, other papers as well. But the Guardian was the primary recipient of the labor of Julian Assange, and they've done very little to go out on a limb for him. Uh, that, on top of the obvious draconian law that was passed last March in the EU, where imposed sanctions on state owned outlets like RT. Russia Today and Sputnik's broadcasting in the EU and in the UK, uh, such that now it's illegal to host that on a server within the EU. That's insane, because this isn't about misinformation. This is about cutting off media. If it were about misinformation, they would go after those articles or press statements, etc., that were released that are inaccurate. But as we can see, and we saw this, we've seen this over and over. Look what happened with the disinformation campaign in the US around the Hillary Rodden Clinton loss and the whole Russiagate scandal that went, that was completely media manufactured. So on the one hand, we have absolute lies, just bullshit narratives, like Trump called it, he called it fake news. And you know, many people don't like him, but he was right about what was going on with the media. So you've got fake news manufacturing on this corner, and in the other corner, you have the EU making verboten the broadcasting of any Russian media, just because. And this is nuts. Then I looked into the links that you sent me, because I do keep up with the gray zone, because it's great reporting all of you do there. I've had Max on the show as well. <clears throat> I've done a lot of work on the disappeared uh, Muslim man post 9-11. So the first article that I clicked on that you sent me were was the piece on the 9-11 hijackers where two were CIA recruits totally did not surprise me because in my research into for, into the 14,000 Muslim men who were disappeared under the quote-unquote special registration that was put into effect under Bush Jr. Uh, I found out some really strange things investigating the legal background to the creation of special registration and the original hijackers on the plane. Uh, I had a very high profile meeting at one point with an important American, um, I can't say who because I don't wanna reveal who this is, but uh, an NGO based in New York that is a, a very important in terms of the Muslim community, let's put it that way. And this person said, um, can you turn off your tape recorder? And I said, sure. He said, he went to the door, he closed it. And he said, do you know the strange thing about all of this? And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You know, I've been working in the NGO world all these years. But the one thing that's bothered me about the incident of 9-11 is that they found Mohammed Atta's passport in completely perfect condition, right? And he told me this, and I'm just like, you know, I was working on an anthropological issue about a tailor who couldn't return to Egypt, but was getting this background information, and that sort of threw me. And the more I, I heard from people just like him, and I, I dealt with the, oh, oh my God, I was with every single human rights organization on the island of Manhattan, uh, to include the ACLU, that was defending a lot of these men who were in Guantanamo, and, and the men who were, in fact, disappeared. There was a queue of about a, kiloma, a kilometer and a half 
Down the road in the weeks following 9-11, the ACLU's offices in lower Manhattan, right near Wall Street, and they were describing to me the queue that went all the way down to the tip of Manhattan. And, you know, all of this was handled in a very cloak and dagger way, to include the final report, by the way. So when I saw the, the articles that you sent me to give myself some background about some of the reasons why you believe that you were stopped. I mean, it's very clear that your your work on British intelligence would have bothered them because anyone looking into MI6 and you found links between British intelligence and the MH17 Malaysian Airlines flight that went down, right? And you found a lot of information, in fact. I mean, I was very impressed uh, by the work you've done in terms of the spies that you were able to look into creating a secret type of terror army in Ukraine. Uh, and we only hear, of course, these last days about the the problems that Putin is having with his mercenary group. And it's very interesting how what, you know, I tell people all the time, you need to turn off Rachel Maddow. I mean, like, watch her if you're like trying to get perspective on the kind of propaganda we're fed. But you have to understand that she's someone that's first not a journalist and has barely uttered a true statement in her career. And you have to be very skeptical about why we're given these, after the commercial break, 10 things you can do in a tsunami. Like that's how we're being treated as spectators of media. It's turned into infotainment. And this has been going on since the 1970s when they launched in the US these morning talk shows, like the Today Show, Good Morning America. This was all feel good about being educated about the world, all in air quotes, and at the same time, we were being spoon-fed absolute hogwash, right? And so your investigations into MI6, I imagine, was the center of why they held you up at the airport in Luton, no? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that, that yes, that was a, a, key, a, a key focus for them. I mean, in not so, in not so many words. But uh, yeah, the, uh, I mean, just as, um, as a more general um, 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 point, that the, the, the Britain um, uh, for a very, very long time has been absolutely obsessed with narrative control. Now, it, the, the Ministry of Defence every year, they publish projections of what they think the world will look like in 10 to 20 years and how Britain can, can accordingly structure its um, you know, defense and security policies at home and abroad to uh, maintain that paradigm. Now, um, there is a, a fascinating document, and I, I just I, I just wrote something on it um, uh, recently from 2010. Um, so this is going back quite a while now. Um, that it, it effectively states, well, that, that that Britain is declining massively in terms of its economic um, power, in terms of its force projection, in terms. Uh, in, in, in her, and in terms of its you know, overall global influence. And it suggests that one mechanism or a key mechanism by which they can maintain um, uh, Britain's standing is via manipulation uh, globally. And they explicitly use phrases such as, oh, well, you know, if the, if the physical battle cannot be won, then, the, then we should focus on triumph of narrative. Now, I mean, ever since then, Britain has been constructing a number of different mechanisms by which to achieve triumph of narrative. Um, and so in the process, even though they are dwindling um, and, and in a state of seemingly permanent decline, they can manipulate people overseas and at home into thinking that Britain is a you know, grand global uh, power. 
um, and is you know, a, a force for good in the world and all this other you know kind of you know, pretty standard rubbish that that the uh, the imperial powers uh, employ to justify their their aggression and brutality abroad. And and so um, the, you know to give you an example of one me mechanism um, you know, that was created under this push that your your listeners may not be aware of. That there was something called the Rapid Response Unit. Now, in in theory, this was a a British cabinet office level operation whereby um, it would uh, collect information online and in the media and it would effectively be like a clipping service and it would forward this information to the relevant government department so they could act on it in some way you know issue a statement or whatever but in reality this was a global internet censorship mechanism so the, the it, it, in um, uh, one of the examples that it, it was cited on, on on the rapid response unit website it no longer exists Second, um, it, it states it, 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 one of its successful examples of operation was um, uh, influencing search results related to the 2018 Duma incident, where I, where I'm not sure if you're familiar, but in Syria, in, in, in a Duma uh, a, a city not far from Damascus, in April 20, 2018, there was a an alleged chemical weapons attack. Now, there was intense skepticism about this at the time, and it occurred not long before, uh, sorry, not long after, um, you know, Assad's forces had kind of broken through rebel lines and they were advancing on the city, which is one of the last rebel holdouts. And Donald Trump had, of course, indicated that he was willing to pull, you know, pull out the country entirely. Um, and so, it, uh, uh, you know, there were journalists such as Robert Fisk, you know, the late great, who visited Duma and spoke to people at hospitals and spoke to locals who all denied that there was a chemical weapons attack. And then you know, there, were, there, there were other aspects of the incident which were deeply suspicious and uh, subsequent, subsequently leaked organisation for the prevention of chemical weapons documents indicate very strongly that yes, this was a staged false flag incident um, in order to precipitate Western intervention and keep the US involved. Now, um, what the Rapid Response Unit did was it weaponized search results. So anyone searching for Duma or indeed Duma false flag was presented with government approved information. And um, you know, alternative viewpoints such as those offered in the Grey Zone and other you know, independent media outlets like Mint Press News were systematically penalized to prevent people from seeing, see, seeing them or, or coming across them organically. Now, it's a small thing. But if you bear in mind that the people who staged Duma or seem to have staged Duma were British assets like James the Measurer of the White Helmet, um, uh, you know, uh, which is a you know, foreign office slash British intelligence funded um, you know, uh, humanitarian group, or is it? Um, if, in effect, the prime suspect in this crime was in charge of dictating uh, what people could and couldn't know about it. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's a deeply disturbing precedent, which we see playing out again and again and again, um, particularly in, in the war in Ukraine. But yes, so, um, it, uh, um, it, it, you know, more recently, there was the, the Bucha incident where um, you know, Russian forces pulled out of a, um, of a city near, near Kiev um, as part of a, a wider withdrawal following an, a, the signing of a provisional peace agreement between Russia and Ukraine. And again, um, it, it will in initial media reports uh, uh, covering the return of, of Ukrainian forces made no mention of the fact that there were um, scores of bodies lying in the streets. But 
um, it does seem that you know that there, there were some. But that, that we, what, once um, once what, once Ukrainians were thoroughly embedded, suddenly the media started getting blitzed with reports of how the Russians had carried out a kind of genocidal massacre in the town and, and had slaughtered local residents for, for, for no apparent reason. And again, the British were all over this and you know, Boris Johnson flew out to visit the scene and was making a lot of noise about how Russia was pursuing a genocide in Ukraine. And, and, and the, the, a key component of this visit was to destroy the peace proposal that had been tentatively inked between Kiev and Moscow. And um, it seems that Johnson encouraged Zelensky to, to keep going and promised him, you know, we'll, 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 we'll give you whatever you need, just keep fighting. Um, and so the, the counter disinformation unit, which is a very shadowy uh, British government operation, uh, openly states on its website that it is concerned with battling fake news related to Bukov. Now, again, I'm not suggesting that the British did ca you know, carry out the massacre themselves, but it's quite clear that they are heavily managing the narrative on this to ensure that people all, the, all over the world are presented with a very specific narrative, one, one which um, supports uh, uh, war, you know, supports continued uh, fighting, the continued you know, endless flow of weaponry to, to Kiev, you know, unaccountably vast. Uh, and um, yes, you know, just uh, and and constant escalation and escalation. Now, I wrote uh, you know, the the articles that you mentioned that I that I was questioned about. And at the end of last year, the Grey Zone, um, we exposed how British spies had been involved in the planning of the um, Kerch Bridge bombing, and they wanted to go a lot further than what actually happened. They wanted to blow up the entire bridge at its foundations, which you know, given that thousands of people. Uh, use that bridge every day to travel to and from Crimea. Um, you know that could have been scores of of dead people. I mean, quite how the Russians would have responded to that is um, anyone's guess. I don't think it's absolutely pleasant. But um, and I also, yes, as you mentioned, um, it, it exposed how Britain was on behalf of the Odessa Security Service constructing a secret partisan terror army to carry out, uh, you know, a, a violent uh, incendiary acts in and around Crimea, even in mainland Russia, perhaps. Now, a narrative that Britain is particularly keen to uphold in respect to the war in Ukraine is that this was an illegal, unprovoked war of aggression you know, by the, you know, the evil, maniacal Bond villain-style uh, Russians who just enjoy killing people for no reason. And you know, against a completely innocent kind of virgin liberal democracy. Now, I mean, you can condemn the invasion as I do, and, and but while understanding that there is a context in which this has happened, um, and I mean, I should have something forthcoming on how um, the same individuals who were involved in planning, you know, Kerch and constructing this army were also for a decade before the invasion of, of uh, Ukraine by Russia pushing for war uh, with Moscow and were, were, were uh, engaged in all sorts of. Uh, you know, incendiary escalatory acts to make that happen. Um, but Britain doesn't want anyone to know this because, yes, it shatters that narrative that they are so keen to maintain. So in that context, anyone challenging it, particularly someone challenging it with uh, primary source documentation on, on, you know, on how and why this is happening, such as myself, um, are in serious trouble. Um, you know, very, very serious trouble. And I mean, there, there's, a, there's almost a parallel here where, you know, in... Before, uh, during well during World War Two, before America's entry into it, MI6 ran an operation very very few people know about, the British Security Coordination, whereby MI6 
um, you know, scores of MI6, obviously, uh, flooded into the mainland US and uh, engaged in a variety of often ingenious um, connivances in order to get the US into World War II. I mean, its actions went as far as political assassination. They created fake atrocity pictures and videos that could be broadcast via the media. They rigged polling to show um, high levels of public support for intervention when actually um, independent polling showed that only about 10% of the US public in 1940 wanted to get involved. You know, there were huge protests um, against uh, uh, yeah, uh, U.S. intervention in World War II, and you know many people in the crowd had signs saying, "I don't want my son dying for Britain," and you know similar phrases. Um, and but yes, um, uh, uh, and and they, um, it, you know, there, there, there were a, a large number of things they did. This is effectively unknown now, and all of the papers have been burned. Although the historian Thomas Marr wrote an excellent book called "Desperate Deception," which I strongly urge your your readers to consult, because I mean this is not taught in mainstream history. Um, you know, on either side of the Atlantic, but you know, it, it is arguable that the US never would have gotten involved if it wasn't for for that MI6 intervention. Um, questions obviously abound as to whether they knew very well that Pearl Harbor was coming and saw it as a means by which to get the US into the war. Uh, but I mean, that's a, a discussion for another podcast, I think. But the, the, but yeah, but, I mean, you know, o- o- overall, um, yes. Uh, yeah, Brit- like, Brit- like Britain is, is very, very, very keen to manipulate people globally, and they don't want uh, inconvenient truths, including those which are, you know, based on publicly available information, from being um, disseminated and known. And I, yeah, I think that the my stop was probably, you know, a, a, a warning shot. It was, you know, it was to disincentivize me from going any further. Uh, you know, I remain effectively under criminal investigation, and the police still have some of my property. But and you know, obviously that makes me worry about. You know, I mean, when I'm when I'm writing articles, I think you know, is this what's going to going to you know land me in Belmarsh? Um, you know, I mean, that's a very a very real fear. But I but I think I mean I, I've made the point before, and I'll, I'll make it again. You know, we at the Grey Zone refuse refuse to be bullied and intimidated, and I mean, I think there's the support of my 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 dear friends Aaron and you know, and Max, and also Alex Rubenstein has you know really helped you know, helped get me through this. I remain you know rather anxious um, on occasion, but it, it, yeah, the, I mean, I'm I'm not sure what the next steps are. I mean, might they escalate to outright banning? I mean, the the US does have. It seems the um, the ability to ban particular websites, particular websites, or you know, or sanction um, uh, uh, web, web, web websites if it doesn't like their content. I, I suspect that if and when Britain gets that power, which may well soon, um, it's going to be an absolute free for all. With the sanctions last year that were imposed upon RT, Russia Today, etc., that's already happened in the EU. And the paradox is, you mentioned the disinformation branch of the UK government. Well, remember, this happened in the US just last year. It was the very short-lived disinformation governance board that was formed in April, folded yeah. in August, uh, because it became quite scrutinized and rightfully so. Uh, when you start to have a body within the government that decides what's fake news, that's a dangerous mm. power to have, because mm. obviously, and a lot of people might think, oh, that is a good thing, because then we know, no, 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 who decides what the fake news is? This is the problem. <laughs> and we can't just have, I mean, it's very Orwellian to think that there will be this headless or at least anonymous body out there. I mean, just look what happened with lockdown. 
Look at mm. the information that's coming out about who we don't really know completely. They're focusing on the bloody party of Boris Johnson, et cetera, and the breaking the rules, which to me is a side story. It's not even mm. that important. It only demonstrates that the lockdown was never necessary because if the highest politicians were able to flounce the rules, mm. then we know that there's something else going on. Yet, and you mentioned Peter Hitchens before, he's been really good on Ukraine and really good on lockdown. And sure enough, these become these side narratives that are never really followed through, especially in, in the UK, much more so they're followed through. But in the US, no, it's sacrilegious to talk about what happened specifically in California or what happened with the Chicago school system. Or now that we know in these last 10 days that one of the main, aside from Fauci and the conflicts mm. of interest there, and we have to wonder, talk about Geneva Convention, was Fauci guilty of war crimes for having funded the very laboratory where the virus came from? But let's even go to the talking heads that are all over MSNBC, etc., where you have these doctors who are telling everyone, no, you cannot, go and do anti-mask protests, no anti-lockdown protests, but the BLM protest, go for it. So Americans were being corralled into political narratives because yeah. of the fear factor from lockdown and the lies from lockdown and then go all the way through the vaccine. And it's fascinating to me how the disinformation governance board came when it was a blip in time last year without much media scrutiny at all. Meanwhile, Julian Assange is about to be extradited to the U.S. for being a basically a journalist and editor. I mean, this is insanity. We're living in a very crazy time kit where journalists are under fire and they have no protections. Well, I mean, I, th I'm, I think that, you know, you, you mentioned the disinformation governance board. I mean, of course, um, Nina Jankovic is a, a longtime British asset and um, can start, you know, based on leaked emails that we've reported on consults directly with um, people who are involved in direct censorship of social media. Um, uh, the, the Disinformation Governance Board, I'm utterly convinced that it was modelled on OIP, which an open information partnership, which is a, a British intelligence operation covering most of Europe. Uh, the, its purpose was to um, uh, even in, 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 call it soft censorship, was to, uh, yes, counter um, Russian, again, quote-unquote, narratives. And they did this by funding a network of NGOs and quote-unquote independent media outlets, which you know, amplified each other's coverage and sought to create this wall of noise, leading people to believe that there was one objective reality um, and that, yes, which was effectively dictated in London by, by the Foreign Office. And she was part of its governance, um, its own governance board, and in our, uh, in your subsequent to this, she um, then, yes, became involved in the US Disinformation Government Board, where it's very clear that, I mean, I, I've done some work from Impress on this. There are some leaked uh, DHS files which go into how effectively the way, the way that, it, that this would operate, would they, they would approach uh, civil society uh, actors and um, uh, you know, kind of get them on board with the launch and then you know, promote it as you know this kind of very positive, um, you know, uh, helpful thing that was going to you know secure the the uh, the national security and health of the nation. And I think that the you know the, the backlash to the disinformation government board is a precise example of why they thought it was necessary in the first place because 
in independent voices, which included, you know, journalists and researchers, but also, uh, you know, like major rights groups, uh, you know, they, they, they were absolutely horrified by this development. You know, all of the establishment media were hailing, um, yes, the, the very young um, uh, Nina Jankovic, who has a history of uh, making false claims, endorsing frauds like Christopher Steele, uh, you know, yes, libeling Julian Assange, um, uh, may, may he be released soon. Um, as a Russian agent, um, and uh, and calling for this, the um, the banning of WikiLeaks, which has never published false information in history, um, it, it, sorry, in its you know over decade long history, and that yeah, that it was it was independent voices who sounded the alarm, and that demonstrated the power you know of, of the in, you know of the of you know the internet and online spaces and, and social media, because if this was thirty years ago. Um, the, the the entire population would be presented with this sole viewpoint that you know this is a really good thing and, and Nina Jankovic is you know an unimpeachable expert on the topic of, of disinformation um, you know not that that's ever been satisfactorily uh, defined you know as a general kind of concept of term um, I mean yes I do not think the threat there has gone anywhere uh, it seems that they were in effect. Um, they they created a, a number of mechanisms, including social listening tools, to um, identify quote unquote disinformation, and they were in you know, direct contact with major social media um, uh, uh, firms to to crack down on on people expressing you know, uh, you know the wrong points of view and saying the wrong thing. Um, just because the board was formally closed and and Nina Jankovic has uh, you know quit, she has now. Uh, gone to join the uh, rejoined the Center for uh, Information Resilience, <clears throat> Center for Information Resilience, which is a you know kind of a, you know, rather Orwellian title, but you know we're, we're here to give you a brain realignment. Um, it's a, it, it is this is run by a long time uh, uh, British intelligence officer called Ross Burley. Who he what he created Open Information Partnership. Yes, now that they now they run CIR, which <clears throat> is tracking the war in Ukraine. And um, I got into a bit of a, a, a verbal sparring um, match with him on on uh, Twitter uh, a few weeks back. And he when I when I suggested that, that the Centre for Information Resilience was um, you know just a, a British intelligence cutout, he directed people to the about page of CIR's website as proof that it wasn't um, but you know I had in my possession some filings with uh, um, uh, with British tax authorities in which he openly stated that his work for CIR was identical to his work for the Foreign Office so um, you know make of that what you will but yeah I mean it, 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 um, uh, yeah as I say I don't think the threat is anywhere I think that actually as well now that the, the war is going so terribly for Ukraine. I mean, it always has been, but I mean, now particularly, it's just, you know, un it's just unambiguous and undeniable. Uh, and it's interesting that there are several, you know, open, quote unquote, open source uh, researchers online, like Oryx, who bizarrely, you know, um, the, Briti the British Ministry of Defence relied upon for its projections of how many Russians had been killed and, you know, how much of their equipment had been destroyed. Um, uh, you know, who are now closing up shop because, you know, all of the footage that is emerging is absolutely horrific. Uh, and, you know, I mean, thousands of people are dying every week. And so in that context, it's it's unclear whether 
the US is going to go all in. Um, that's what Britain wants it to do, has been pressuring it to do uh, for a very long time. Um, there are, we've reported on leaked documents, Joe, a senior British government um, advisor, himself military intelligence veteran, was uh, openly stating that Biden's quote-unquote caution needed to be countered at all costs in every way at all times. Um, you know, I'm mean, not sure how that went down in the halls of power in Washington, D.C. when we reported on it. Um, but the, but yeah, but so I think the options now are either kind of an abrupt throwing under the bus of, of Kiev or, uh, yes, uh, intensive e escalation up to and including boots on the ground. Now, in both eventualities, you need to, again, control the narrative. I mean, I can foresee... Uh, yes, um, Zelensky and also, or indeed, you know, other mem I mean, once venerated members of the, the Ukrainian um, government establishment, uh, yes, being ostracized. Uh, you know, Oceania has always been at war with East Asia. You know, we never supported these people. I mean, we you know, we see a bit of that with the the nonsense around Nord Stream Two, where we're told that it was, you know, a um, it was it was the Ukrainian military going into business themselves, and nobody knew. That they were, go uh, and it's you know, General Zelensky, who was yes, like um, uh, in charge of this, and he did so without authorization from Zelensky or the U.S. knowing, and all this other other rubbish. Um, yeah, so yeah, like in that context, you need to pretend that you know we never supported these people, and we always thought that they were insane, and you know this is all their fault, and we're we're getting the hell out of Dodge because they've overstepped the mark, or you need to hide how damaging um, it is, not just uh, in in kind of straight military terms, but also just financial terms you, throughout the world. I mean, the sanctions are having an absolutely ravaging impact on many economies. The, the Biden administration has already, in a you know, deeply brazen, unsophisticated way, changed the definition of recession and indeed changed how in, uh, <laughs> yeah. inflation how inflation is calculated. To claim that the U.S. is not in recession and it has no inflation, but mm -hmm. I mean it's just remarkable. It's just yeah, absolutely remarkable, and it's like you know, I mean, I'm in the I'm in the Balkans um, where you know governments are have you know been known for for decades to engage in in such fudges. I mean, or I mean, there's almost a kind of end of the Soviet Union um, uh, style. Oh, you know, tractor production is up, and you know, meanwhile people are dead in the street. But it, the, yes, that the, the, they are fully concerned with attempting to manipulate you as to true state of affairs now i'm not sure how effective that actually is because i mean i know great many um, americans some of whom i couldn't disagree with more politically but you know we still get on because that's one of the, the joys of being an adult is you know disagreeing with people and, and you know not not hating them as people um who you know a few years ago would never have dreamed of leaving new york or los angeles or chicago or, or you know, you know other major cities who are falling over themselves to escape now because they can't afford basic necessities, you know. I mean, and it's the same in there. I saw some stats in France where um, it's it might I might even be un underestimating. But I think it's something like uh, a, a third or up to a half of the population are you know two weeks into the month they have a hundred euros left to last them for the rest of the time. You're listening to Savage Minds, and we hope you're enjoying the show. Please consider subscribing. We don't accept any money from corporate or commercial sponsors, and we depend upon listeners and readers just like you. Now, back to our show. 
Lockdown broke us here in Italy. When the savings were gone, we were looking for change in the couch. It was awful. The governments in the EU love to put on the papers incentives here and there, but no. And what's gone on even more menacingly is the Italian government last year rolled out the psychological bonus without explaining to people the huge implosion of suicidal ideation, of suicide, of mental health problems within the country directly because of lockdown. We were locked down in the most horrific way. Like I will go to my grave very upset about what was done to us. I've never been treated like this in my life as a political subject, as a human. The fact that we were not allowed to protest this. Italian media would not cover the protests. Eventually they made laws here to make protests about only COVID stuff illegal. Everything else you could protest, right? But this is something that needs to be not only more investigated, we need what they did in Argentina with the CONADEP investigations for Nunca Mas. We need a Nunca Mas around lockdown, and it's not happening. And it's not happening for many of the reasons you've just mentioned. You have enough of these fake offices of information verification, and you know mm -hmm. you, you talked about the renaming of things. Well, you, we can have Obama to thank for this as well when he renamed the global war on terror to the overseas contingency operations, right? This is all marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think Obama was that first step into how politics became about managing and marketing. And you see this with the IPSA service. I'm on their mailing list every day. I get one in 10 Britons, blah, 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 nine in 10 Britons, blah, blah, blah. And then that gets spun by the mm. BBC into an article. So everyone's like eight out of 10 Britons know someone who identifies as non-binary as if that were on the same level of importance as what's going on in Kiev or the proxy war that my country is sponsoring over there, right? It's insane. Yeah. So we're taught, and I work a lot on the gender issue for since now over a decade. I look at this and I tell people all the time, it's a sideshow. It's the clown car that they have us looking at while they change the nets in the circus. This is not a real thing. You ask even the biggest adherence to this ideology, if they really are gonna go and ask mm -hmm. that six foot four man in a dress for a tampon, they're not going to, he's a man, <laughs> everyone knows it. Even the people pushing this, but what's dangerous is that you have the so-called, and this is all in air quotes, left, you know, Democrats, they're, they're not left, they're not even soft left. These are neoliberals that are just another shade of, in my opinion, very neocon thinking. These people have so much in common with the very people they claim to hate, like Jesse Helms from the 80s, but whatever. They're pushing the most regressive political nonsense, such as, and I remember when this happened, when Barbara Boxer was one of the only ones to vote, well, she was the only one to vote against what was then going to be the global war on terror. She was the only one, you saw the Dem step foot onto this from 2002 onward, where we were pushing the global war on terror. And from then on, the Democrats ceased to be the party standing against violence in every single fashion. And now they are the party pushing it where I mean it's surreal kit there are days I have to pinch myself I'm watching Tucker Carlson speaking out against the war in 2002 I couldn't stand his face he was pretty much doing the opposite and he's since come out apologized for ever supporting the global war on terror admitted he was wrong meanwhile we're living an upside down world where you've got the labor party 
the Greens over in the UK saying, if you say uh, women don't have penises, then you're a transphobe. This is now the agenda in the UK. The bar is so low that I talk to women who've left labor, left in right and center, who are saying, you know, it's really sad, but I have to actually vote for someone who knows what a woman is. That's the bar for my electoral decisions the next time I go to the poll. This is insane. So they've perfectly created the sidecars for us to be distracted with all these stupid ass issues. People are just not concerned about what they ought to be concerned with because you've got the BBC and other major media, including so-called leftist media, again, The Guardian, The Independent. Oh my gosh, like they don't resemble anything from what they were 30 years ago. And they're pushing the most regressive nonsense in terms of gender ideology, and oftentimes paving a fake narrative to stories that you at the Gray Zone and other independent journalists are uncovering. So when I saw what happened to you and the NUJ statement, then they retracted the statement. This is insane. So the NUJ that I've also contacted, I did a big expose on how the NUJ, Ipso and Ofcom have been offering journalists fake advice, in fact, fake regulations or rules, depending on which organization they use a new term every time, as to how to refer to people who identify as the opposite, quote unquote, gender, sex. And as I scraped, I scraped down into their press office trying to get answers, and I was given some very caustic responses for that piece. So when I sent in a press query about what happened to you, I didn't expect to get an answer because they were so annoyed by me saying, we've already answered your question. And they hadn't. They were just trying to waffle on answering the question I asked them many months ago about telling journalists that they need to obey the guidelines about referring to men as she. So I haven't got a response to them. It's been well over a month. I don't expect them to. Have you heard from the NUJ? You're a member of the NUJ as to why they took down that article saying the NUJ expresses concern over detention of journalist Kit Clarenberg. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard nothing and I have repeatedly <clears throat> pressed them to comment. Um, I mean, to their enormous credit, the, uh, the World Socialist website have been doggedly um, on their case ever since this happened. Um, and yes, they've, they, they've um, uh, been bombarding them with queries, as have, um, I'm you know, extremely you know, flattened and heartened to say, a large number of uh, NUJ members, including people with whom I'd had crosswords in the past, who thought it was absolutely shocking. Um, I was, when they retracted their statement within 24 hours, um, I was mortified. And you know, it raises obvious concerns about whether they've been lent on by the security and intelligence services um, in some way. Um, actually, um, I, I, I would probably apportion it to the fact that Paul Mason um, is uh, my uh, my arch nemesis, um, is uh, is very influential within the union. But yes, I mean, it, it, it has backfired on them spectacularly. Uh, that, I mean, not in their defence, but I mean, I, I, I do sympathise with them to a, a minimal degree because they were subject to a relentless hate campaign online by uh, a number of people I've pissed off over the years, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a vast and ever-growing list. Um, you know, uh, you know pe uh, people associated with Integrity Initiative, which is a, you know, a, a British intelligence-run black propaganda unit that was spreading um, f fake news about Russia and indeed was, was pushing for war with, with, with Russia. I you know, exposed their internal workings. Um, over the period of many over the period of many months, several years ago, and so you know, it, activists and and academics and uh, uh, journalists uh, it, probably one way or another 
to um, integrity initiative were um, g giving them both barrels relentlessly saying you know, how dare you um, express concern about this he's not a journalist he's not a journalist but I mean in turn that narrative of, that I'm not a journalist because yes shady characters were extremely keen to perpetuate that in itself is deeply concerning because of course one of the ways that you know poor Julian Assange was systematically thrown under the bus was framing him as not a journalist you know he was a hacker or a spy or you know a rapist or you know uh, they, they 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 tried to and bear in mind that he's won prestigious press awards worked with some of the world's biggest media organizations and indeed has bit long been a member of the australian union of journalists i mean he's you know he's undeniably and demonstrably a journalist uh, that yes, that that that, that 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 was one of the ways that they justified his incarceration. And so again, I mean, I wonder whether um, you know you're forced to wonder whether a, um, uh, a a discrediting narrative is being concocted in advance of of further escalation against me. I mean, that's something that weighs on me every day. But I mean, yeah, it, 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 I, I think it's worrying, um, and and we have seen this. Kind of been become turbocharged since the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, that that um, uh, online pressure to, to, uh, to uh, for you know say venues to cancel anti-war events uh, or for um, uh, individual um, in, in, pro-peace individuals to be deplatformed uh, have intensified significantly. Um, you know that the, the uh, there is a there was an event a few months ago in London called No to NATO. Where there was a concerted effort, which I think was initially successful, to get them uh, to get them disinvited. And you know, bear in mind, you know, these were people who just want to make the case for peace, for you know, um, getting Russia and Ukraine around the negotiating table. You know, and, and among their number were you know a large number of people who could not plausibly, under any circumstances, be be uh, accused of Kremlin sympathy. Um, you know, but there, but no, there was a, a vast um, online effort to to get the venue that was hosting them called the event. Um, they were therefore compelled to um, you know, reschedule it elsewhere at, on you know, on another date, and then keep the the location secret until you know the, you know the day of, um, in order to prevent this happening again. And I think that you know in the, in the spirit of the Israel lobby, um, you know when they when they uh, give them an inch and they take a mile, when they smell blood, they'll keep going. Um, the fact that they've had that the, the um, uh, you know interested actors have had success doing this, it means they're never ever going to stop um, at all. And again, as I say, you know I think as as the need to very strictly control the narrative around around. The war in Ukraine becomes you know, ever more urgent. We're going to see a lot more of this. Um, you know, I mean, attempts to wreck people's careers in every in every sphere because of you know the opinions that they express online, which are perfectly legitimate and lawful. It is another you know layer of censorship and of mind control because once you can establish uh, one way or another. Um, the, the, the notion that particular points of view are are illegitimate and unsayable, then that does have you know a wider effect with a certain proportion of the wider population. Um, you know the, the mainstream media used to fulfil that gatekeeping role. Its ability to do so has been um, greatly foreshortened by the rise of social media and the internet. 
And so now the, 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 the move, and this is precisely what the disinformation government is to do, is to outsource this work to civil society, to academics, to uh, rights groups, NGOs, journalists. Um, and I mean, you know, we saw this recently with Bellingcat, where they you know, eagerly assisted the FBI in tracking down the individual who allegedly leaked the Pentagon. Um, uh, 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 documents that showed that the war in Ukraine was going very, very badly, and that the the counteroffensive was going to fail miserably, which you know it has done. Um, you know, the, and they were gleeful about this. They were like you know, boasting about their role of having helped the FBI, and it's just like I mean, it, it's it, it it's truly terrifying. Now, um, you know, I mentioned um, you know Paul Mason. He seemed to want to to you know do these things and to you know malign and deplatform and censor anti-war voices you know all on his own and was doing so in conjunction with a senior British intelligence official and and you know some of his pres uh, prescriptions for doing so were were quite you know just disturbing where he was talking about well we need to get these people banned from GoFundMe and PayPal you know we need to expose expose them we need you know a flow of intelligence on uh, you know we need we need to carry out sting operations to to shame them and, and publicly you know embarrass them and and, and all this stuff and it's like you know you, you are theoretically a journalist your and you know your your job should be holding governments to account not average everyday people um you know and not trying to ruin their lives but i mean again i think that's been rather lost in this this hysteria uh this anti-russian hysteria which began you know back in in, in 2016 um uh or well if not earlier and has just gained in volume you know you know all all, 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 all the time um i mean although you know one thing that does give me a degree of optimism is um you know the, the Ju you know, julian assange uh, of course, is you know it has been in in Belmarsh in in horrific conditions since um, the start of 2019. Um, you know, despite the relentless uh, smear campaign against him, and you know all of the lies told in the media, and also just just more generally just him being ignored. You know, like the the, the media not covering. I mean, when Yahoo News in 2021 uh, broke the story of how the CIA had plotted to kidnap and or assassinate um, Julian from the the Ecuadorian embassy. Um, no mainstream media publication went near it. Um, you know, the BBC did cover it, albeit on their Somali language page. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's almost unbelievable. But despite that, there is a growing and indeed high level of public support for his release. So I, I don't. I think that they're not nearly as powerful as they think they are or want to be. And indeed their only response to a lack of trust as, and, uh, or declining levels of faith in the, you know, the, in the system, so to speak, uh, as in so many other matters, is just try and manipulate people more. Um, I'm not sure how much more road they have on that, actually, because people, you know, again, like it's, it's what um, Adam Curtis talks about in his documentary, Hypernormalization. People can tell that they're not doing well. People can tell that the economy is collapsing. People can tell that they are um, that um, that they are subject to ever uh, more draconian restrictions on their liberty and their speech. Um, and you know, the, I mean, there have been some appalling cases in the UK of you know of um, uh, you know, independent uh, musicians being jailed or prosecuted because their their lyrics amount to hate speech which is a you know a horrifying um 
uh, uh, precedent. And I mean, sadly, you know, for the most part in the mainstream, the voices who are condemning this and, and indeed, or, you know, uh, 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 drawing attention to it, acknowledging that it's happening, are on the right. I think that the left needs to, you know, uh, re you know recover its, its radical hell-raising um, uh, roots, so to speak, and, um, you know, start making, start making noise about this too. Um, because actually, um, you know, gov you know um, uh, governments are um, a, a, a lot weaker than they uh, than a they think, but b they would like people to think. You know, I mean, a lot of a lot of power is based on the implied threat of action. And yes, while they while their their arsenal of tools to um, harass and in you know even and, and even imprison um, dissenting voices is growing all the time. Um, you know, if, if I mean, you know, to use an analogy, you know, the, the, the Berlin Wall fell by accident um, because due to some um, uh, in, in, in some very uh, poor, the poor wording of a of a East German apparatchik on state TV, um, it led uh, the residents of East Germany to believe that there would be that, that there was free movement as of immediately between the two Germanys. So you had hundreds of thousands of East Berliners rush to the border. And there were so many of them that the guards were scared to open fire as they normally would have done, and they just let them free. And then the wall ceased to exist, right? You know, it, 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 so, I mean, yes, like pe people power and coordinated people power is what um, uh, the establishment is scared of. And it's, yes, it's why, as you mentioned, they uh, deliberately uh, exploit and um, inflate issues like, you know, the, the battle over trans rights in order to divide people who would otherwise um, uh, you know, stand or at least could stand shoulder to shoulder on on fundamental issues. Um, you know, it's it's it is no coincidence that I mean the WikiLeaks case will show this. Um, LGBTQ um, groups in uh, a variety of countries overseas, including I mean I think in particular China, uh, coordinate their activities with the CIA. And um, you know, there's a reason for that because it's such a deeply divisive issue. And you know that psychological war that that aim to separate and and uh, uh, divide people has now come home big time um and so yes i mean it, it, it is up to all of us to not fall for it yes and and so many people do however because you've got now loads of women who've been mobilizing about the gender issue not because it's a a trivial issue as well i should underscore that women's rights are being cut from under them now this past week a major sports person in the u.s a sportswoman stepped away from the sport i believe it was cycling she was sick of having to compete against men and unfortunately that's what it's getting down to women just saying no because it wasn't enough that women were being locked up in prisons including in the uk with rapists and people calling it a day it took a doj and an moj uh, in most countries, US and UK, investigation to understand what is going on, where neoliberal democracies are now catering to the whatever percent, one, two, three percent of people who are pushing a narrative that is completely counter to logic. You, you know, I almost, I laugh sometimes, and I joke about how Galileo's in heaven laughing at us all now. Um, and he, he, you know, he, who would have thought? All we had to do is say, you're a transphobe if you believe there's no such thing as the female penis. But this, you know, these are uh, battles that are being waged. Meanwhile, 
uh, what you said earlier about how journalists are being declassified as sorts, you know, within journalism itself, where you have people like Rachel Maddow saying, oh, that person's not a journalist, he's just a blogger. And they've pulled that also with you guys. It's amazing to see how many times just over the past few months, I, I wrote Max about this, they tried to call him a blogger in one article, I forgot what article right now offhand, but it's like, just oh, he's a blogger. Well, what the hell? First of all, you've got a populace of people who don't even know what real journalism is, including some of the major hitters like the Washington Post and the New York Times that, that you know, if it weren't for the New York Times and Judith Miller, and then you've got Jeffrey Goldstein, we wouldn't have had the global war on terror brought to us from their mouths to Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice's then platter that they handed up to the US government. And a lot of people are still not talking about what happened way back then, 20 years ago. And we are living in this post-truth world where, and it's post-truth largely because now you've got quote unquote journalism, not bloggers, right, uh, in bed, completely with the government. It wasn't just the embedding that happened in Iraq where journalists were going into tanks and saying, oh, I'm embedded. That also happened under Iraq one as well, under George Bush senior, but it was far more pervasive in the incursion in the 21st century. And now you've got all these people calling out fake news when they themselves, like Rachel Maddow, go on screen every night to propagandize the American people. I don't think Rachel Maddow has said anything truthful in her entire career except her name. And even that might be up for speculation at this point. I am so annoyed about what goes <laughs> on, Kit, in the U.S. media sphere, because if you've seen her, it's like when I used to watch Jon Stewart before he also went woke and he would make fun of Glenn Beck and he did a great Glenn Beck imitation. Well, Rachel Maddow is Glenn Beck. And and ironically, Jon Stewart has become sort of Tucker Carlson and Tucker Carlson has become Jon Stewart. Like we're living in this parallel sphere where it's been flip flop. I call it political strangers on a train where now we are listening to Tucker Carlson to get news during lockdown. I listened to him quite a bit about workers' rights and what happened on the border of Canada and the U.S. with the truckers because we weren't getting the facts there either right it's just like and it annoys me um because you've got I, po I posted a video the other day by wonderful scholar john mearsheimer his very coherent evaluation of what's going on between russia and ukraine and you you had comments on my wall on facebook from people who clearly didn't even click play because they knew it was just going to counter their narrative and then i was reminded recently and this is very interesting to me about how people are not only unwilling to hold their beliefs in suspension to listen to other points of view, but how people mm. absolutely do not want to for a second believe that they might be wrong. So people are, they claim to be open minded, but in the news world, in, in just living, you have to be open minded. News has to change. Just like original lockdown, I was like, okay, we'll do this. 10 days later, after I started reading all the facts and had more facts, I was like, oh, there's something wrong here. We shift, we learn and we shift. And the media has done a really good job of putting people into these cattling type of mechanisms where they're just sort of fed into a new narrative. And, and so you've got two cases of import here and, and Glenn Greenwald's been talking about this because he's on Rumble and Rumble has gone 
against Google in the courts, antitrust. But so has the US government. And the Justice Department is suing Google for violating antitrust laws. And this just, you know, this went on in 2020, but it's still ongoing, the case against Google by Rumble. Because Glenn Greenwald, if you look for his show on Google, you have to look very hard to find him. The Google is manipulating information. And you said earlier, this might not seem like a big thing. Well, it's a huge thing, of course, because if regular people can't learn about new channels of information, they're going to still be put into that cattle training device where they're just being led through like a maze into the next room. They're not really allowed to see what else is out there. And this is really disturbing to me because as a journalist, I want people to read across. I don't want to, to just read what I write or what you write. I want people to read across a wide variety of sources so they can judge for themselves. It's very difficult for us to say, but what you read in the New York Times is complete bullshit. The Times doesn't even run retractions anymore. It just runs with the bullshit. What have they done about, remember Russiagate? What they did for Russiagate? I mean, it was like a 24-hour pipeline of misinformation that they participated in, along with the Washington Post, along with the Chicago Tribune, the LA Times. And that has somehow just been forgotten. I think the New York Times issued a retraction of one article. I'm sorry, a correction, not a retraction. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I think that the the, the <clears throat> again, um, that you know, the, 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 their desire to control the narrative. I mean, and, and you know, like in a full spectrum way, is just really quite remarkable. And I mean, I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing a series of articles on this for um, a website called Theme at P H E M E at the moment, and it's like you know, I'm, I'm kind of, it, 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 there's, there's, there's almost too much to say because so much of this stuff, even if it is public domain, is unknown. So I mean. At the start of, you know, for example, at the start of the um, the war the war in Ukraine, um, the White House, along with representatives of the Pentagon and the CIA, got sat down with a lot of the the biggest TikTok influencers um, to uh, discuss with them how the war should be framed and how um, the U U.S. involvement sh should and should not be discussed. And this was reported without editorializing um, or comment by the Washington Post. And it's like, you know, that is absolutely insane. Like, you know, I mean, and again, you know, this seems to be a very British technique. And um, there are uh, this, this, this organization called Zinc Network, which the aforementioned Ross Burley was involved in. Um, it, it, you know, they ran networks of bloggers and YouTubers uh, throughout Europe uh, to propound particular messages. And you know, it, it, in the case of YouTubers, their, their their clips would be sent to London for editing, and you know, they were probably operating on a script prepared for them by British intelligence. It's just like it. it, it, it there are so many overlapping, reinforcing, perpetuating uh, narrative matrix, uh, matrixes. That it it, 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 get, it gets it gets to the point where you know the average person has you know, so, you know such little hope of getting to the truth, but I mean they still do, which is again you know a court, a mild cause cause for optimism. Um, and uh, you know it, again, but it's also about you know creating noise. You know you mentioned Russiagate. There there are so there are, you know there are so I think the if you talk to the average person, I'm fairly sure that, that they are, they would be convinced that there was at least something there because we had four plus years of feverish, rabid, uh, you know, 24-7 coverage of Don Donald Trump's ties with the Kremlin. I mean, it's the same with um, Russian hacking. 
uh, where you know that it is a article of faith that the Russians were involved in hacking the DNC. I mean, not that that should really matter. I mean, if you're, you know, what matters is the emails, not its source or their motivation. Um, and you know, again, there are double standards there, where you know, with the Panama and the Pandora and the Paradise Papers. Uh, the identity and indeed the agenda and motivation of the leaker remains unknown. Many years later, apparently, it was you know immaterial. Um, uh, but but yeah, but, but, but like you know, I mean, there's no evidence that that happened. Um, you know, all of the stuff around the you know, reality winner, who I mean, I I I think that she was you know, a, a well-meaning, if 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 rather naive and and, and a bit and a bit silly, um, it, you know, in, in her actions. Um, you know, that created a whole narrative about you know, Russia hacking the election. And, you know, you know the aforementioned Madao was talking about how you know, the Russians were going to shut down um, uh, it, it, America's electricity grids in winter and, and, and you know, deprive people of heat and light and, and, and all this other stuff. And, and yeah, it, it, you know, the, all, none of this stuff is true, but because it all kind of fits within a wider framework and pattern, if you want to call it that, um, it, 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 it's in itself that noise is enough to convince people that there's something there um, you know and I think uh, you know, one of the things that is again heartening but also it, it, it does um, uh, it does cause some you know, anxiety is, is that you, it, the, the fact that you know the grey zones readership has never been so high um, you know, despite the fact that we, I mean, you know, our Wikipedia entry is, it, it, Jesus Christ, it's, it's brutal. Um, they, you know, we, uh, there, there are, at one point, we were referred to as a far left and far right blog. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how that worked. Um, maybe it's a kind of red brown line. You're ambidextrous. Yeah, abso absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, I, I self-define as uh, yes, but the, the, it, it, it's uh, my, yeah, my pronouns are fucking off. But the, but yeah, <laughs> the, basically, the, the, yeah. The, in 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 in, in, in yeah. The, it, I mean, so despite the fact that yes, that anyone who googles the grey zone will be presented with this this lengthy libelous essay, you know, smearing us as as war crimes deniers, Russian spies. Um, you know, uh, you know, blah 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 blah, um, and despite the fact that the media routinely, you know, ignores us, or yes, if it ever is deigns to mention us, you know, brutally smears us, and there is a, a whole, you know, online um, uh, uh, rapid response operation to you know, malign us and our reporting on on all topics and attack us personally. Despite that more and more people than ever are reading our work because i think and i think that reflects the fact that people understand they are being lied to uh, and i, I and if for many years there was a you know this was unnoticed by um uh by by by, by, by very many people at all but for many years if you look at polls uh, the trust in the mainstream media has been cratering and interestingly in britain um, there was a Reuters report recently that showed that that support that, that belief in the media in Britain was the lowest in Europe by a considerable margin. It had collapsed. So I think it's about thirty percent, which is crazy. Um, but but the the another finding in all of these surveys is that the mainstream media remain the key source by which people received information because they they weren't aware of or indeed. Um, you know, alternatives were hidden or, or one way or another. But, but I think that, that your people your pe people are now actually making an effort to try and track down alternative sources of information. 
because they know that the entire you know kind of infrastructure of the mainstream media is corrupt and rotten to the absolute core and again you know they are they're told one thing by the media and they can look out their window and see that the reality is very very different um you know I, yeah, the, the, that that gatekeeping role is increasingly you know like you know, uh, uh, you know um uh, compromised under attack dwindling in its in its potency and force and so i mean my i was I, i'm frequently asked by people you know what's your advice for getting into journalism well just do it you know everyone has a phone in their pocket and then therefore you know they can um you know take pictures and videos and um you know make notes uh, you know, even you know talk you know, record conversations um with, with with average people on the street and then you know produce content you know like like it, 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 how beautiful would it be if there were, you know, rather than this cluster of of mainstream media outlets all saying broadly the same thing on every conceivable issue and telling you what to care about and telling you what is and isn't true, um, you know, why, what, what, why, what, what, you know, why, why not have a, you know, an in, uh, you know, kind of a population wide independent citizen citizen journalist movement. You know, um, I think you know, that was you know, one of the 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 the, uh, the the things that the web used to do well with. You know, the rise of independent blogging, and then there was a yes, a concerted uh, backlash against 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 blogging as if it was you know in, somehow inferior to um, or you know illegitimate when compared to the mainstream media. And this was actually um, the former UK ambassador Craig Murray was uh, last year. He was jailed for his reporting on um, the trial of Alex Salmon. And the judge said independent um, bloggers should be held to higher standards and subject to harsher penalties if they do wrong than mainstream journalists, you know, because reasons. Um, and you, you might think that like a very well remunerated, um, you know, professional reporter at the, you know, at the New York Times with an entire institutional infrastructure behind them should be penalized up more harshly if they publish false information, which they do on a kind of hourly basis. So it's like, yeah, the, 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 there, there has been an attempt to enshrine that in law, but just, uh, just, just more generally, um, yeah, like it, 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 we're all in this together. Like we are the ultimate victims of, of every, you know, major um, uh, psyop or you know, kind of media hysteria um, over the past, well, you know, forever. But you know, in in the past twenty years, you know, it, the you know, the 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 uh, all of the tub something for the Iraq the Iraq war and the war on terror. We were the ultimate victims of that. Uh, likewise, RussiaGate. You know, it is it, it, it has made the world in which we live far less safe. It has you all like with COVID. It has impoverished us. It has you know damaged our mental health. I mean, I know people who. I mean, I was in the Balkans where, uh, apart from an initially very harsh um, lockdown, most of the countries were completely open. Um, and you know the, the you know, bar, you know, bars and restaurants were full on a nightly basis, and people went about their lives without you know without hindrance. Um, you know, and that was the result in many cases of of protest, like pe you know people engaging in 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 quite fiery clashes with 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 police because they were just like, well, we're not going to stand for this, and you know we're not going to achieve the results we want by you know voting for you know by voting. Uh, for a political party and yes it got results but like in um in germany where they had you know they were effectively you know under lockdown for the best part of over a year and a half if not you know, two years um with some breaks in, in in summer but there was still you know completely ludicrous i remember being in a cafe 
in uh, Leipzig, East Germany, um, in summer 2020, where people were distributed um, pool noodles on hats in order to ensure that they, they didn't get near others, uh, ensure that social distancing. I mean, just, just completely insane, actually. <laughs> um, you know, like, I know people there who are ravaged this day by the experience like you know people who were musicians or, or or djs who now find being in enclosed spaces um you know uh with lots of people um uh mortifying and, and you know panic panic attacking people. um but yes you know over and over again we have been told by um by governments um over the past 20 years that you know we're doing this it's for your protection it's for your safety and in each and every instance it hasn't been and the opposite effect has been um, achieved and yes as i say people are getting wise to this yeah the fact is in italy i had to learn about protests not from the media but from telegram groups whatsapp groups this is crazy so we have to now find out what's happening by avoiding major media well you and i already knew that major media wasn't doing its job but the fact that the general public knows it is actually helpful because now you speak to Italians and they're very distrustful of the government and the media. I don't think any Western country has that, especially those that committed to lockdowns. And here we were in lockdown for off and on for two years and a bit more because of the masking, the schools and the vaccines. I've received a fine that I'm so not paying um, because I'm over a certain age. They required it. Of me. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. And going back to the Geneva Convention that they love to pull out for bloggers, what about our rights? And this has never been challenged. The EU as a group has gone far more conservative in terms of restricting human rights, definitely since lockdown. And they've used lockdown in the same way that the United States used 9-11 to suspend habeas corpus. It's now becoming a thing where Agamben's state of exception is everywhere. Everything's a state of exception, right? Oh, but the virus. Oh, but the war and terror. And we're being told this now. Oh, but he's a blogger. And it's, it's just phenomenal that Julian Assange is dying in prison. This is horrible. I follow what his wife puts out on social media as well. We've covered the stories. We've talked about him on the podcast. But aside from Amnesty International, which doesn't give me a lot of hope because Amnesty is also pushing for the sterilization of children who identify as, on the other hand, where are the journalist groups coming out? Where are world leaders? Well, finally, Australia's premier has gone out on a limb just last month saying that the situation with Assange needs to change, although he wasn't that because of AUKUS, right? He wasn't that forceful because they want their American nuclear submarines. But these are really troubling times for journalists. And like you, I tell people all the time, just go out and do it. We need to hold power accountable. But a lot of people are very frightened because they know that the repercussions might not be them in Bamarsh prison, but look what happened recently to Matt Taibbi. When he was giving testimony to the US Congress, he was being investigated by the IRS. How crazy is that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, but I, I, I mean, again, this is what, you know, concerns me is that they might you know try and it, it, try and do something or you know like lash back at me in one way or another just to justify what they did because it was controversial and yes indeed to you know to discourage others but again it's i think that it, this this is just a greater this is a greater case for more people doing this because it's like you know i mean they, they, they can't sanction everyone um, as much as they might like to you know and and i think that they but you know particularly you know 
publicizing what 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 has been done now to my mind seems to um you know fr frequently trigger people to to action you know i had a large number of people reach out to me saying that they'd written to their um you know mps and or and you know they had had filed um you know letters of complaint to the police because they you know because they because of, of what they did to me and it's like you know i mean that is it, 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 it I mean, yes. I mean, it's it's encouraging, it's encouraging, and also extremely you know humbling that people that someone do that. But but yeah, I, I you know more and more people need to become a government, and in a in the context of which, in, sorry, in in a context in which um, authorities want everyone just to be you know docile, passive, and quite frankly stupid and unaware. Um, you know, it, you know things like that become a revolutionary act. And yes, like as I say, you know, power is deeply insecure. They don't like people criticizing what they're doing. I mean, you know, I've just, I mean, in in the past, I think forty eight hours, uh, that French publisher I mentioned, um, it, he, ha um, the the police have announced that you know no further action is being taken against him, and indeed, um, his computers and phone, his computer and phone, which they confiscated and claimed that they were never going to give back. And um, they have, you know, rather embarrassingly released them um, to his, you know, to his lawyer. And you know, that is, I mean, in theory, they could have kept him forever. They could have probably charged him with, you know, obstruction or some, you know, other crime. But because of, of you know, the uh, international opprobrium that resulted from them doing this, um, they've backed off. You know, they want to operate in the shadows. They want to operate in secret. They want to, and, you know, I think that was perhaps a mistake they made with me was that, you know, they use powers they typically deploy against people who can't fight back, who, you know, don't have white skin, who are poor, who um, don't have a public platform. And um, by doing by doing so and getting away with it consistently, they, um, uh, you know, it, 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 it encourages and, mo and motivates them keep doing it but then you know the 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 slightest pushback and they do tend to wilt because um yes they, they are uh you know again perception they're worried about what people think now you know in i mean it, it, maybe it's not so much the case in the us with your you know kind of unashamedly fascist um <laughs> police force but in the uk there is this you know this this uh this vision of kind of dixon of dot green you know that you know you, you know your friendly local um, uh, a police officer, which is, you know, that is a propaganda narrative that the that, that Britain is keen to um, purvey overseas. You know, I mean, it's one of the reasons the British state goes to such lengths to promote stuff like Downton Abbey um, and Harry Potter abroad, because it offers this kind of this sense of this, you know, very, you know, this, this quaint and proper country. Um, you know, I had lawyers from the US reach out to me i mean and some quite in in, in quite, quite prominent ones in some cases who dealt with you know major major cases of um you know uh, police and judicial um uh malpra malpractice who were saying that the because because under the 2019 terror act you do not have a right to silence and and you know that, that, that refusing to answer questions can get uh uh, you know, get you arrested and even jailed. They were saying, I had no idea about this, but you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a stink about it because it's absolutely shocking. And it's like, you know, again, in you know, when when they can operate in in secret without pushback, um, that they, they they'll do whatever they want. When people are actually um, keeping an eye on them and you know, raising concerns and and and, and ringing alarm bells on what they're doing, they're, 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 
they do tend to uh, cave, you know. Um, and then yeah, that was a that was a, a a a both heartening and 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 quite remarkable um, uh, 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 you know, recurring theme was you know people from all over the world saying you didn't have a right to silence that's utterly perverse. So bearing in mind that the police were using these powers with impunity for four years, um, you know, it, it, it's it, you know, my 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 lawyer and I we are in the UK we are considering launching a judicial review into that it's not been done before. Um, and I mean, you know, that you know, that could fail or succeed. But more generally, um, you know, like you know, a, a core component of keeping people stupid is not understanding um, how, how things actually work, what uh, depriving people of the knowledge of what their rights actually are, and what police powers are and aren't. Um, and you know, again, a lot of it is the implied threat if you don't comply. But I mean, in this instance, it is there is a you know, very real and enshrined in law threat. You know, I mean, you know, bearing in mind that the right to silence is um, you know, enshrined in legal doctrine pretty much the world over, including countries that use torture. Um, you know, it's quite it's quite remarkable. And so, yeah, I think that what we need to do to break through this paralyzing, uh, immiserating uh, matrix is more and more people need to become ungovernable, even in very small ways. And I'm certainly not advocating acts of violence or, you know, or, or you know, attempts to overthrow government. But if enough people refuse to comply, then authorities will have no response. Thank you.